God has really blessed me. You know, he let me work in D.C., let me work with EIB and Hollywood and Silicon Valley. And he's shown me through all those experiences that there is one problem and one solution, and that's why we do this show. Welcome to A Disciple's View with Todd Herman. When the God of the universe created the world, he didn't snap his fingers or wink his eye. The Lord spoke. He said, let there be light. And because we believe, we speak his word into a world that doesn't want to hear it. We do this as we remain mindful that our true home is with Jesus Christ in his kingdom. I'm Todd Herman. Welcome to Disciples View. I'm sure you heard the news. It's so nice. I can't tell you how wonderful it is to work in radio and not have to correct the top of the hour news feed. That actually happened uh, when I was working in, um, in local radio in Seattle that I often had to correct the top of the hour news. So utterly bizarre. So nice to work um, with AFR and American Family Radio. You probably heard um, about Fannie Willis and the Fulton County, etc. Just a little breaking news on this. I just got this. Uh, <laughs> the district attorney, Fannie Willis, is not going to be called to testify on her second day or this other, maybe third day. Today, they're not going to have her testify. The state, they're effectively done questioning her. And I got to believe it's probably because they said we cannot allow this woman to continue to be seen in public. Uh, number one, and this is just describing what happened. She wore her dress backwards. Um, she lectured the court that she's not on trial. Um, in fact, it may not be a trial, but she is being put through a trial because she's wildly corrupt. She's not only corrupt to the point where she has no business being a lawyer. She's corrupt to the point where she has no visible signs of any moral compass and nobody should be surprised at this. A woman who decided to use her power that God graciously allowed her to steward to attempt to imprison a former president for questioning the the, the, the honesty of the elections in Georgia, which are not honest, of course she has no moral compass. And yes, I've seen the um, incredible video of her saying, you're going to tell me how to pay my bills? No, but we're going to tell you you don't get to steal and not pay a price for that. This woman must be disbarred. But understand that Fannie Willis is one of tens of thousands of people who've gotten into politics for narcissism's sake. And a lot of them allowed to stay in or coached in or even given help getting in because of their skin color. I don't know that she was given preferential treatment, but I know society's giving preferential treatment to people like her. And that just goes directly against how God wants to view us. In the family, the body of Christ, there is no Greek nor Gentile nor Jew. God is an equal opportunity lover of people. And it does no good, no good, to go against God in any way. 
certainly doesn't help people like Fanny Willis to put her into a position that she is, in my judgment, intellectually incapable of carrying out and quite clearly morally ill-prepared to do it. Uh, I went through Fox News, the website, because on this program, we often ask, what is the top news story for God? And I will always have the same answer until the Lord Jesus comes as judge, and that is that redemption is still the free gift available. The good news is still the news of the gospel. That is the actual good news. The kingdom of heaven is here. Repent of your sins. Follow the Lord, get baptized. Follow the Lord Jesus. Agree to let him change you. Let the Holy Spirit dwell within you. That's, that's the greatest news in the world. Still the top story. But I just went through to see what was at Fox. Fanny avoids testimony on second day after yelling a wink, surprise backward dress. Yeah, there's that. Putin's enemy found dead in a polar wolf prison under mysterious circumstances. Yep, Putin is a kleptocrat and a, uh, not a great man, and uh, he is predictably so. $250 million taxpayers put through the ringer with eye-popping sum for illegal immigrants. Sounds about right. Authorities announced likely cause of chief's parade shooting, no link to terrorism. No, it was teens. Probably gang-connected teens fighting with each other. This is my favorite from Fox. Relationship coach weighs in on Travis Kelsey's sideline outburst. Should it worry Taylor Swift? Hmm. I don't think any of those things rank super high on God's count other than the loss of life, innocent life. And he weeps. But the other stuff is just human corruption. <laughs> and God so early on warned us about this. Uh, Isaiah, the prophet, saying, now, are you sure you want a king, a human king? Have you thought this through? Because this is what a human king's going to do. Are you sure? Yes, yes. All the other nations have kings. We need to be like the other nations. We need the approval of man. Okay, here's a tall dude. He can be your king. And look, human corruption isn't news to God, nor are parents sacrificing their kids to, demo to demonic forces, for nothing surprises God. But that doesn't mean Jesus doesn't weep at this mother's decision to sacrifice her kids to the cult of gender lies. So I had to do some investigating. I had to do some, some serious self-inward discovery and realize that Nobody can make you be LGBTQ. Nobody can make you gay, queer. Nobody can make you trans. It's, she was born this way. My other daughter was born that way. By that so she means her sons. Yeah, completely. What do you say to somebody who thinks that? Um, that this was brought on you or this was? I think you have a dangerous mindset that um, their, their um, ideals and opinions are hurting a community that is already hurting. When you first heard the term transgender, what did you think? I thought that's me. Why? Um, I don't know. I've never really, I, I, I was never uncomfortable with identifying as um, a boy. Um, it was just, when I that? heard it, I realized I would be much more comfortable. When she said, I'm transgender, it clicked with me. It made perfect sense. Um, she may never have felt those those inconsistencies when she was younger, but Did I you saw hear that. It. So it was it 100% when she said, "I'm transgender." 
there wasn't a doubt. I believed her from moment one. Once a child makes that commitment that they're willing to live, to socially transition and live their life as a gender other than what they were assigned at birth, we have to support them. We have to um, let them know that we believe them, that um, they are a human and the, the gender that they believe they are. Specifically when they're in a household where they're not, maybe not getting the support that they need. Um, having that at school is so important for their mental health. Next year when I go to um, back to public school, I, I would like to use the women's restroom because I, I identify as a woman. You know, if, if I'm going to the bathroom and, you know, it's a free period and everyone is, um, you know, they'd see me. They'd see me avoid the women's restroom and go into the counselor's office to use the bathroom. So it's important to you to feel like you belong? Yeah. I get angry. I get very angry. Well, I get angry for her that, that they're wanting to take this away from her. But I get angry because I feel like my parental rights, my, my right to have my daughter receive the, whatever medical care I feel she needs taking, taken away from me. Well, I think that um, um, stopping, stopping hormone treatment, stopping um, uh, puberty blockers, um, that it's it's really dangerous. You are taking um, a couple detransitioners opinions over hundreds of thousands of transgender people who are um, actively disagreeing. The fact that they had to take a, a detransitioner from California just because they couldn't find one locally, that, that says a lot. Taking their word on it instead of you know, a marginalized group who, who um, just want to exist. It's, it's dangerous. I hope you can hear uh, the programming in that boy's voice. I hope you can hear the catchphrases. Uh, it's not, he, he's talking about Koi Klo when he says the detransitioner from California. It's tens of thousands of kids now saying, I want my body back. I hope you heard him say, I was never uncomfortable being a boy. I hope you heard the mother say, he may not have felt that, but I saw it. No, you didn't. No, you, you were caused to see it. There is this, this is from the National Institute of Health, by the way, it's a PubMed, it's a National Institute of Health study, the same National Institute of Health that pretends girls are boys. Results of the diagnostic interview for Borderline and the Beck Depression Inventory revealed that mothers of boys with gender identity problems <clears throat> had more symptoms of depression and more often met the criteria for borderline personality disorder than the controls. 53% of the mothers of boys with gender identity dysphoria compared with only 6% of controls, met the diagnosis for person, borderline personality disorder on the diagnostic interview for borderline or had symptoms of Beck depression inventory. It is a global issue, and on this, I think this ranks up there. Top stories for God. Why? Because the Baals are back, the sacrificing of children. And it's not just in gender. There is a new study 
that reveals how pharmaceutical companies who are profiting wildly by transing kids, how they lied about depression drugs. There was a study called the Sequence Treatment Alternatives to Relieve Depression, or the STARD study, published in 2006, largest and longest-running antidepressive uh, antidepressant effectiveness trial ever conducted, and more importantly, it raised, it was used to create patients. Dr. Joseph McCullough is the latest to write about this. The claims made of a cumulative remission rate of 67% of people who took these pills, 67% went into remission for their depression, but this claim was based upon some very, very key lies, like People who signed up for the trial took the pills and got so sick after days they couldn't continue taking them, so they dropped out. Pharma pretended they'd been cured. The results of these pills are on par with placebos. But placebos don't cause suicidal intent, they're not addictive. These pills are both of those things. They do both of those things. We're well familiar with the story of the COVID shots, at least if you listen to A Disciples View, you're familiar with it. We've learned doctors like Dr. Shoemaker can explain why these deaths are happening. We don't have time for the audio because I've gone long. My fault, not Adam's filling in for Randy today. Dr. Shoemaker gave an explanation as to why the COVID shots kill so many people in so many different ways. When we have about 100 trillion or so cells in our bodies, about that, 150 trillion, and you shoot into the body a gene sequencing device that will hijack the genes and produce about 45 trillion spike proteins, if that gets into your heart, guess what? Your heart is suddenly seen as a foreign object in your body and your body fights against the heart. There's that. You have RFK Jr. talking about pharma. Of the 72 vaccines now administered to children, do you know how many have been tested against a placebo? None. And yet here's pharma sitting back with mothers like that, earning a profit, vandalizing God's masterpiece, made in his image, male and female in God's image. We'll come back on The Disciples' View. I'm Todd Herman. Welcome back to Disciples View. I'm Todd Herman. I just, uh, it's, gosh, it's been, has it been six months or so uh, since we joined the AFR family here? And I just, I've been so warmly welcomed. I don't say that enough. I, 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 man, I hope you will hear me when I tell you this, that behind the scenes, the whole team here cares so deeply about um, this product. There's sometimes discussions um, Often, one of the uh, executives will send out a note, uh, maybe it's a news item, and just sharing. And the discussions that go on behind the scenes 
are a group of people passionate about being able to speak truth wrapped in grace and have things centered on God. And I also hope you know that when we do fundraisers here, um, in fact, I still owe, gosh, I just got convicted. I, I need to give my $500 to, to distribute Bibles. Uh, when we do fundraisers here, I want you to know the celebrations that occur when we help, for instance, provide ultrasounds uh, for, for mothers to help them see their babies to make the decision for life. I want you to know the actual glee uh, that goes on behind the scenes when, when you help us. Well, no, you don't help us. You accomplish these things. God works through us simply to bring the words. I just want you to know the celebration that occurs and how quickly Jonathan and the programming team will send me notes, particularly the notes that questioning, hey, what was your source on that? A lady this week asked a question. Susan asked us a question about something I said about uh, uh, young, young girls who are, are falling into gender lies, how quickly that gets forwarded to us hosts. They, they, they genuinely care. And that, but gosh, that's, that's so unique. And I hope that you know that. We're called in this world to be in it, but not of it. And so as I'm looking at what has gone on this past week in regard to this effort to once again be able to surveil us without a warrant, I, I, I think again of Isaiah, the prophet, saying, okay, let's be sure that you want human kings. And yeah, they want human kings. And I think about the cult of the presidency and how much power we gave the president and then how much power Congress gave to unelected officials, bureaucrats, and how much power the intelligence services have. And I've been taking sort of a long rabbit hole trip on this, inspired by this, this past week. This comes from Thomas Massey, Representative Massey on Twitter. Just as we are winning the debate on requiring warrants, for domestic spying and the FISA 702 reauthorization, the speaker, speaker yanked the bill and canceled the rest of Congress this week. Now, so what, we're, what, what are we talking about here? Is, is, should the government have to have a warrant before they perform what I think is an unreasonable search and seizure of your phone records? That was the debate. Or should a secret court that meets in secret get to do this secretly in a society of people governed at their consent? Huh. I hope you've been watching the Democrat Party sue RFK Jr. so he can't appear in the ballots in states. They're doing the Trump thing to him. I hope you're watching that. After all, the figurehead Biden is mentally incapable of running the country. Sad, but true. He's not running anything. Most people know that. The Democrat Party appears to be trying to jettison him by March. Wouldn't it be great to have a Kennedy run? I mean, RFK Jr. would strip some votes from Trump. They can't run him. Number one, he doesn't support pharma. That's top and foremost. I can't vote for him because of his positions on abortion. But they can't have him because of his positions on pharma. But there's something else. RFK Jr., just like Donald Trump, speaks some hard truths about the people in the intelligence services who are abusing the power God gave them, like Fannie Willis abused, abused hers, to meddle in our elections. And in fact, 
RFK Jr.'s uncle, President Kennedy warned us about unchecked power in the hands of the state. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. Fascinating, isn't it? We're being told we need the FISA court to be able to surveil us without a warrant. Interestingly, we should probably audit the Federal Reserve. After all, transparency and honesty and stewardship of funds. Stewardship of funds, that's really godly. That's God's money. I wonder what the Fed could do to help fund intelligence efforts such as spying on Americans. Well, we can't know that because we can't audit the Fed because that's un-American to audit the Fed. So mindful of what you just heard President Kennedy say now, we think about RFK Jr. saying sort of the same thing. President Trump basically said the same thing. We can't have him in office. He's literally Hitler. And here we have National Security Advisor to someone, who, whomever runs Joe Biden, Jake Sullivan, says the best way to respect the Fourth Amendment's limits on unreasonable search and seizure is to ignore the Fourth Amendment and due process altogether. A couple of amendments that are being considered, one of them would require a warrant for every query of lawfully collected data. If that were to pass and get into the bill, would the president veto that bill? 
Uh, so I'm not in a position to stand here today and make veto threats on behalf of the president. Those are, are um, you know, decisions for him to make. What I will tell you is that we do not believe that that serves the national security interests of the United States. And in fact, today I will be making that case to a number of members uh, that the warrant requirement as conceived is not the best way actually to ensure the protection of the personal privacy of Americans. There are a number of other elements of the bill that we have supported that would reform and update FISA to protect the civil liberties of Americans. But a warrant requirement from our perspective would go too far in undermining the very purpose of FISA and frankly it would put victims at risk. The very purpose of FISA is to be able to operate secretly without oversight from the American people. But don't worry, the experts are running it. That's why when the FISA court was lied to about 20 times by the FBI about the origins of the Trump investigation, that's why one junior lawyer got a slap on the wrist. Now, you don't need to like everybody in Washington, D.C. I have trouble. I pray for them. I don't do it often enough. Fact. Eh, I think the last time I prayed for the people who boss us from D.C. was Monday because some of the boys in my youth group reminded me that I wanted to do that and they held me to account. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. For instance, you do not have to like every member of Congress or even any of them to recognize that they are sometimes right about things, even if you don't like their personalities or their own personal interactions. Matt Gates and Laura Boebert talked about the game the House Intel Committee Chair Mike Turner tried to play in America by announcing his anonymous, supposedly immediate national security threat. Which is that it has to do with a, an emerging capability from Russia that would be of grave seriousness, um, potentially, but that the threat is not immediate. Hear me now, the game you are watching is not the game that is actually being played. I think it was incredibly irresponsible for House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner to go out and gaslight the country alleging this national security threat. And of course, there are real threats going on all the time that we want our committees and our congressmen focused on. but. Without being able to discuss the country or the matter, here's what I can say. I read the intelligence today, and while, of course, these types of things require us to keep an eye on them, it was not like markedly different than other similar types of intelligence analysis that we have received. You have Mike Turner out there saying, oh, oh this big national security threat, and you watch. They'll try to use the veneer of this threat to try to justify spying on you, Spending your money, driving up prices, and being inflationary. And, of course, he made that statement just at the time as this debate was going on. And remember what Thomas Massey said. He said, just as we're winning the debate on requiring warrants for domestic spying in the FISA 702 reauthorization, the Speaker yanked the bill and canceled the rest of Congress. Just as that was going on, suddenly Mike Turner says, there's a dread national security threat. Hmm. Would that be the fact that 90% of illegal immigrants crossing over at a, a hole in our country near San Diego are Chinese nationals? Maybe they're just people escaping an authoritarian regime to come to a state run by an authoritarian governor who cohorts with the 
dictator of China. Maybe they're Chinese military. Maybe it's a mix. We should ask them, except they've disappeared into the country and we can't. Would that be the national security risk? Would it be that according to J.D. Vance, Senator, it will take us three to five years of always on manufacturing to rebuild the stockpile of weapons and equipment that we have given now to Ukraine, even as we fund both sides of the war between Hamas and Iran? Would that be the national security threat? Maybe it's the fact that one in eight Americans are taking and in all likelihood addicted to antidepressants, which in all likelihood don't work, but are wildly addictive and very, very dangerous to come off of, those drugs being made 90% of them by the Chinese Communist Party who could stop making them, would that be the national security threat? Would it be a figurehead president who's clearly not running anything, but is clearly also bought and sold along with his son and his brother? Would that be it? Oh, it must be very, very important for Mike Turner to come out and say, no, the, 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 the president needs to declassify this and tell the American people right now about this. I don't know what the national security threat could be that's worse than the things we've just discussed. So Matt Gates called this a game. He said it's a game that Mike Turner's playing. I agree with Matt Gates on that. By the way, Jake Sullivan helped Mike Turner play his game. Is there anything you can say to characterize what this threat is or what country it involves? I mean, should the public be alarmed at this point since he has said this publicly? I'm not in a position to say anything further today. Like I said, I look forward to the discussion with him. And obviously, from there, we will determine how to proceed. But standing here at the podium today, I, I can't share anything further. Well, I can share some further things. We now know, given the words of people very, very close to the circumstance who spoke with independent journalists about what the CIA decided to do in order to spy upon President Trump, journalists Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and Alex Gutentag have reported on the CIA going before the election really began before the merchandising of the Hillary Clinton opposition research to pretend that President Trump was a Russian asset. Before all of that, the CIA apparently went to other countries, intelligence divisions, departments, governments, really, because that's what they are, governments unto themselves, and said, hey, would you please begin spying on Donald Trump and his family and his business associates? And would you give that information to us? Because right now, at that point, they were working for Barack Obama. And would you give us that information so that we can better help plan running against? Ah, that's what I think they were doing. That's an intelligence service that is telling you, well, really the it's not a good idea for us to need a warrant to look at your phone records. And we're being told it's only the right wing that would disagree with that. Right wingers like John F. Kennedy and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And of course, that guy who's orange and literally Hitler, Donald Trump. We'll come back with the Tower Babbling. 
I'm Todd Herman. This is A Disciple's View. Back to Disciples View, I'm Todd Herman. It's music from uh, one of my favorite artists, Prefab Sprout. Um, really, it's, I shouldn't say it's the one guy. There was a band, but uh, Patty McAloon was the chief songwriter for that, uh, that, that band and now is on his own. He's a Catholic and uh, his records are so devoted uh, to the Lord. He does such a fine job of, I think, uh, sometimes subtly speaking God's word into his music, other times um, doing it quite, quite obviously. That's a song called um, Atlantis. And it's, it's really, he's using Atlantis as a metaphor for uh, redemption and for resurrection. The whole album is about resurrection. And not until the end do you understand, of course, that you listen to it, that the ultimate res- resolution to our lives needs to be accepting the Lord Jesus and, and, and the redemption that he offers us this free gift. I, I encourage you sometime, if you even partly like music like that, to check it out. This week, it's been an, an incredible display of hubris and human pride and emotion which God detests in us. It's been that in so many ways that the Fannie Willis affair we talked about a little bit at the top of the show, really just talking about a woman fallen morally cannot possibly continue to be an attorney for us to have any belief in, in the rule of law, the structure of law, given what we've learned about her apparent theft of taxpayer monies and giving it to her unqualified boyfriend to undertake a prosecution of President Trump, which in and of itself is ridiculous and a fraud but that he had no, no experience in such a thing. She paid him more than she was willing to pay an attorney who was an expert at RICO prosecutions because she benefited from it, apparently. I wanted to just take a reminder as to how this all began. It began this way that disgraced prosecutor Fannie Willis was told she would face a hearing on whether hiring her unqualified boyfriend to prosecute Trump and then having him share the tax money with her was grounds to be dismissed from the case and possibly disbarred. Specifically looking at Defendant Roman's motion, it alleges a personal relationship that resulted in a financial benefit to the district attorney. And that is no longer a matter of complete speculation. The state has admitted a relationship existed. And so what remains to be proven is the existence and extent of any financial benefit Again, if there, is, if there even was one. So, because I think it's possible that the facts alleged by uh, the defendant could result in disqualification, I think an evidentiary hearing must occur to establish the record on those core allegations. That was the Superior Court judge speaking, by the way. Fannie Willis, in her defense, said, you're going to tell me how to pay my bills? I don't know that that's a proper defense. I don't know that that judge would be amused. So she was a prosecutor, a district attorney, a a position of great, great import. Clearly then you would want a wise woman, or rather wise human, 
to take such a position. And yet again, the theme of the day seems to be the prophet Isaiah saying to us, through the Jewish people though, through us, do you, are you certain, really certain, you want a human king instead of a relationship with God and simply to follow the design God created of elders and church members and pastors and prophets? And are you sure you want a human king? Yes, yes, we need a human king. Okay. He's going to gouge your oxes and take your children into ungodly battles, and he's going to take your money, and he's going to become distracted away from God towards the other fake gods to the demons like the Baals, actual demons. Apostle Paul told us those are actual demons. But okay, we'll leave you to your devices and see how you do. And in this program... We thank the Lord for placing the supposedly wise on tall towers of shaking sand with their feature called the Tower of Babbling. You know about the biblical truth of the Tower of Babel. A Disciple's View presents... America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him... The Tower of Babbling. Oh goodness, that's a sad clip. And I laugh because... There's still people pretending that we're talking about his age. We're not talking about his age. There's plenty of men his age who are very, very intellectually crisp. We're talking about the fact that he's not. So the Tower Babbling, three sound clips that I think show that God does place people up in these tall powers or towers so that we can look at their human wisdom. And we, those of us filled with the Holy Spirit, can go, wow, you're really not secure up there, are you? You might fall down because you're standing in your own wisdom rather than remembering that fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Apparently, Senate candidate Representative Barbara Lee is unaware of the new McDonald's stores that have no employees, just kiosks, because she has an idea on how to fight inflation by making everything else more expensive. You're calling for a $50 an hour federal minimum wage. That's seven times the current national minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. Can you explain how that would be economically sustainable for small businesses? You have 60 seconds. First, let me say I um, owned and ran a small business for um, 11 years. I created hundreds of jobs, benefits, retirement benefits, also health care benefits. I know what worker productivity means, and that means that you have to make sure that your employees are taken care of and have a living wage. In the Bay Area, I believe it was the United Way, came out with a report that uh, very recently, $127,000 for a family of four is just barely enough to get by. Another survey very recently, 104000 for a family of one, barely enough to get by low income because of the affordability crisis. And so just do the math. Just do the math. Of course, we have national uh, minimum wages that we need to raise to a living wage. You're talking about $20, $25, fine. But I have got to be focused on what California needs and what the affordability factor is when we calculate this wage. <laughs> so... Her, her response, okay, I've owned a business. Oh, great. How do you then say to people that we're going to make everything more affordable by making everything more expensive? Oh, incidentally, on the topic of minimum wage, you know a question I like to ask on this? 
What's minimum effort? Another is this. What is the minimum wage for a business owner? I often ask people that question. By the way, what is the minimum wage for a business owner? It puzzles them. The answer is zero. And we are not to withhold pay from people who work for us. That's ungodly. Next clip in today's Tire Babbling, two of three. Senator Marco Rubio tells us it's far better to be an illegal immigrant given refugee status than American retirees who were forced to pay into the bankrupt Social Security system. One of the things I see a lot in South Florida are people that have been in this country, they maybe came from Cuba 45 years ago. They've worked here their entire lives. They retire. They get $800, $900, $1,000 a month from Social Security. And then they run into somebody who just got here from Cuba three months ago, 29 years old, doesn't work, and is given $1,500 a month in benefits by our government because they're refugees. That refugee, a year later, is traveling back to Cuba 15 times. So you're a refugee fleeing oppression from a place that you now go back and visit 15 times the following year. And in the meantime, we're giving you Medicaid, food stamps, uh, health care for your children, cash payments from the refugee fund. So imagine if you've been working here for 40 years and your Social Security check is smaller than the benefits going to a 28-year-old able-bodied person who just got here. That's real. That happens. That's happening every day. That makes no sense. Well, no, it doesn't, Senator, uh, until you remember. Isaiah said, are you sure you want human kings? Yes, we must have a king. All right, here's a tall guy, Saul. Yeah, there were some great kings in Israel. We've had some great people lead our country. We're not in that situation now. I mean, the further you get from the Father's voice, the less time you spend with the Word of God, the less able you are to discern whom should lead you. Last clip in today's Tower Babbling, from minimum wage to maximum wage? A judge in the state of Delaware decided to steal Elon Musk's paycheck. His board agreed to pay him, and Elon did what a lot of businesses are doing, leaving Delaware. What happens now? What happens now? Yeah. That is, that is the question. First, first of all, it's going to be on appeal, right? Yep. And if, you're, if you're the directors, you have to appeal this. Is there going to be pressure on this on, 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 at the appellate level on Did, them in Delaware to say, I got, we got to reverse this, otherwise every company is going to go to Nevada or Texas or wherever they're going? To, to be non-technical about it, I think the question will be, does a bad process invalidate good substance assuming the substance of the decision originally was good, right? If the substance was bad, if the, if the Supreme Court in Delaware says the substance was bad and the process was bad, but the that's fine. But the shareholders voted on it. Well, that is the is interesting a... thing. The shareholders voted on it. And, and, and look, you know, was it an outsized? Was it a unique pay package? But was I remember at the time, things? it seemed like it was nearly impossible. But, but nearly impossible. And yeah. did shareholders benefit from a remarkable rise in the stock price? Yes, they did. So... Where, where are you going to go? Um, you're going to validate the decision and then find some way to post hoc compensate, which isn't going to be anywhere close? Or are you going to say, look, terrible process. This is not a board that's functioning the way it should. But on, on balance, the substance of the decision was right. That'll be the question going forward. <laughs> Truly amazing in this way. Another human king, a judge, saying, you humans made this bad decision. And this is unconscionable pay. 
in a country with a $330 trillion deficit because that's the real number. And of course, Musk paying taxes as are his employees, human kings. And that's a wrap for today's Tower of Babbling. That was the Tower of Babbling. I love Venn diagrams. I really just love Venn diagrams. On a disciple's view. Since we're talking economics, uh, I'll share with you an experience I had as we wrap up the show with a personal observation, just my way of, I guess, sharing part of myself. You're so kind to spend this time with us. You should know a little bit about the rodeo clown who God is allowed to host this program on AFR. So back in the day when I was a startup CEO, we were near selling our company um, <laughs> for not as much money as we'd been offered. That's a whole different story. You know, I think I'm glad that I didn't get that money. We had a point had our, a chance to sell our company for about 160 million bucks, and it would have been about uh, about 18 million dollars in my pocket at the age of, gosh, I guess I was 29. I think that would have been really bad. I'm glad God protected me from that. Uh, not to say that our heart doesn't say, no, you that that money'd been fun, yeah. I don't think I was ready for anything like that. I don't know that I ever will be. But we were in the process of selling it to this other company. Far less money. And there was some gamesmanship. So one of our venture capital firms didn't want that company to be able to track how much money we had on hand, et cetera, because they tried to finalize an acquisition so they'd actually acquire cash in the deal because they acquire all of our assets, including the cash. So they were just dribbling cash out to us. This was a dot-com company, internet radio company. And one thing that happened was this partner from this venture capital firm called me and said, hey, payroll's coming and rent's coming and et cetera. And, and you know, we, we've got to pay partners. And so what would you think if I just parked a million dollars in your personal account and you pay it out of that? And I said, pardon? He goes, I'll just park it in your personal account. And I said to this gentleman, did you just use the word park and $1 million to me in my account? Yeah, yeah. He goes, everybody does it. No one ever gets caught. And I'm 28. I said, I got an idea. Why don't we park it in your personal account? He goes, oh, no, no, no. We couldn't do that. Oh. We found another way to get things done. At about that same time, we'd converted our employees to contractor status. And it explained to them, here's why we're doing this. This is going to be easy for you to go work for the new company because most of you are going to have jobs at the new company. They're acquiring our talent. And a woman came into my office, a woman who was very, very liberal, really loved big government. And she knocked on my door. I'd known her for many, many years. I said, hi, what's up? She goes, Todd, there's a mistake in my paycheck. This is way off. I said, well, sit down and show me what you mean. She goes, well, I'm, I earn 80000 a year. This is more like 120000 a year. Oh, yes, Simone. Those are your taxes. And I went through that with her. She said, wait a minute. This is how much? Oh, my gosh. I'd like to say she awoke fully, but she didn't. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Because we believe, we speak. Because He first loved us, we speak His Word. We walk in the path of Jesus to make disciples of all nations, 
until we all speak again. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding rest upon you and your families. On behalf of Adam filling in for Randy and AFR, I'm Todd Herman. This has been A Disciple's View.